Mental fatigue or exhaustion can happen to anyone, but if you have ADHD, chances are you will get there more quickly if your working memory is on overtime. Working memory is involved in transitioning, decision-making, and there are quite a few signs that indicate it's underperforming. Unlike non-ADDers, those of us with ADHD have to think about when, what and how to do it when it comes to transition, and we have to do it every time we need to go from one thing to another. Otherwise, we get stuck. Ready to learn more about working memory, what to do to support it, and how multitasking is not helping? Let's get to it, shall we? Honey, have you seen my keys? Huh, forget it, they're in my hand. There's more to ADHD than being easily distracted, scattered, or a master procrastinator. Being different is not a disability, and it's about damn time we break free from the shackles of society's labels and stigma. Hey there, I'm Zarina Boali, a French-Canadian journalist who found out had a uniquely wired brain at 40 and became a certified ADHD coach. This podcast brings forth a different perception of ADHD to help you amplify your brilliance and phenomenally stand out. Thanks for flying with us. Have a great day. Ready to blast off? Three, two, one. Welcome aboard. Working memory is a fascinating topic. When you better understand how it functions differently for us with ADHD, you also understand some of your challenges better. Working memory falls under the umbrella of executive function, which is the term used to refer to the management system of the brain. Working memory is a system or process that temporarily retains a thought, manipulates information, and keeps new information or information that is already stored in order to use it for a specific reason. It's also responsible for concentration and focus. Michelle Garcia Winner says executive functioning means that to have a goal, to think about how to achieve that goal, to create an action plan to get to the goal and to self-regulate behaviors and emotions to carry out the goal. I'd like to share with you how the ADD Coach Academy, where I did my training, explains executive functioning. It's our ability to pause to pay attention to what we are paying attention to so we can reflect and discern our best choices and actions in the present for an improved outcome and quality of life in the future. So let's start with transitions. Adults without ADHD transition from home to work and the harder transition for many from work back to home, but most of the time their brain wiring makes transitioning come pretty natural. Why? 
because unlike us, they don't have to think about it much, if at all, and it's one area where the difference between ADHD and not ADHD is evident. Every time we need to transition, we have to think about when, what, and how to do it, because if we don't, we get stuck. Having to shift our attention can also be a source of frustration for us as our brain prefers to continue doing what it's engaged in at the moment. For me, it can happen whether I'm doing something that I enjoy doing or something that took me a while to get my focus on and I don't want to interrupt that. It can also be boring or feel uncomfortable to shift from one thing to another. So even if what we're transitioning to is something fun or that we love, the space in between those two things means that we have to consider what the physical steps to take are and the mental shifting that we need to do. So we may get cranky or frustrated, even resentful or angry if our brain resists both the physical steps and the mental shift. And instead of getting into a fight with our brain, what do we do? We choose to pursue what we are doing and ignore what was planned. But if our working memory is overloaded, it's hard to start or be concentrated or focused. I like to think of working memory as a container that can hold a certain quantity of liquid. What happens if you try pouring the equivalent of a liter of water into a 500 ml bottle? I know, you don't have to be a genius like Albert Einstein or have a PhD to answer that question, but... There's a connection to ADHD that you may not know, and that makes a huge difference when you do. Has it ever happened to you to search for a document on your computer? I'm sure you have done that many, many times. You know it's on there somewhere, but no matter what word combination you use, the file is nowhere to be found. The ADHD brain's ability to retain and manage information is different from that of the neurotypical brain. If you have a decision to make and decide to search your memory looking for information that will help put it in context because you know it will make the process of decision making a lot easier and realize that no matter how hard you try to trace the smallest detail or information, you find nothing. It's impossible for you to access that information as if what was saved never existed. Working memory can keep a goal in mind, bring back memories and resources from different parts of the brain, process the information and use it when addressing a problem or a goal in the immediate future. People with attention challenges like us have a working memory that functions or works in a different way because the prefrontal cortex is less active. Fortunately, research shows that it is possible to improve your working memory, but it's not multitasking. Multitasking can mean focusing on two or three tasks at the same time, moving our attention from one task to another very quickly, or doing several tasks one after the other. What you need to know is that the brain is not designed for multitasking. 
Too many tasks at the same time create a cognitive bottleneck for the brain that leads to mental overload. The brain's control center operates as an air traffic controller to manage tasks one at a time to decide how, when, and in what order or priority they will be executed. So it's a no-brainer that if the air traffic controller tried to manage the landing and takeoff of several planes at the same time, the confusion would be a disaster on the tarmac. The challenge with a brain like ours is to train and practice to start something, to have some tips to help us carry it out while ensuring that we have a way of proceeding that is compatible with the functioning of our brain. And why isn't multitasking the answer? Because it actually impairs the functioning of our brain more than it is beneficial to it because we try to think of several things at the same time while we have difficulty processing information. And at the end of the day, it can easily overload our working memory and if it is already restricted in its ability to retain information, sorting through information, what's required at the moment, search the database for information that might be useful without finding it, it's not surprising that the machine overheats and it is difficult to avoid mental exhaustion or fatigue. That doesn't mean we're broken, and that doesn't mean that the neurotypical brain is better than the uniquely wired brain. They are simply different. For a long time, I thought that I was more productive by multitasking and doing several tasks at the same time. What I didn't know was that dividing my attention was actually creating a working memory overload. I realized that multitasking was not my friend and I was actually confusing it with task combination or task combining. Let me give you an example. I often do the dishes while supper is cooking because, well, no, we don't necessarily do the dishes after every meal at my house. But by combining these tasks, I avoid leaving the kitchen to do something else and end up forgetting that I put a pot on the stove. And I don't see the point of standing there waiting for the water to boil and it works really well for me. So it didn't take long after, you know, being able to really multitask less to realize that it was the perfect trap to start many things and not finish them, get scattered, confused, and that I was reaching the limit of my working memory a lot faster. What happens when your working memory reaches its limit? Here's a couple of theories. One is that older things are deleted or replaced by newer information. Another theory is that our working memory is a time-based resource shared model, meaning that it needs to be refreshed over time, otherwise, well, what's in there will be forgotten. So if you are wondering what can be done to support your working memory, there are quite a few things that can help. Pausing is definitely something that is helpful to support your working memory. Using your creativity to put a transition ritual in place. Writing things down, even if you believe it's unnecessary. Making a game of using visual memory. Also, making connections between things. And allow more time. So make sure that in your transition ritual, 
you allow enough time to do that. There are also indicators that working memory might be the issue and they help understand some of our ADHD challenges quite a bit. We've explored two of them already, transitioning and decision-making, and I'm pretty sure you will relate with those I'm about to share. What is undeniable with ADHD is that we are incredibly talented at starting something new and exciting, whether it's a project or a new activity. We get excited, have a gazillion ideas, and our motivation is fueled up to the max. Nothing can stop us. We go all out for a while and we give up this project or activity for another one that is just as great, if not more. Starting is easy if we have interest and are engaged. Otherwise, we have a difficult time beginning because we don't know what we should do first or wonder if we picked the right thing to do. And sometimes, while well, we also question that first step, right? The inability or the difficulty to get something done has to do with poor follow-through and it is an indicator that our working memory is an issue. That explains why finishing is sometimes a hard thing for us. You might also find yourself complaining about or feeling overwhelmed by a task that is too boring or difficult. One thing that makes life with ADHD a hassle sometimes is that there is rarely, if never, just one challenge to take into consideration. It's like a domino or ripple effect. One challenge brings another one that brings another one and so on. As mentioned in the previous episode, when it comes to ADHD, challenges do bring friends to the party. So if you have no idea when, why, and how they show up, it can and may be the reason why you are struggling so much. Let me ask you this. If you set a goal, do you find it hard to not give up? As ADHDers, we often find it super hard to achieve a goal and there's a reason for that. Struggling to hold a goal over time is also a sign that working memory is an issue. At the beginning, we're pumped, and there's no one more motivated, perseverant, and determined than us, until we have the feeling it takes forever and that we will never get there, that it's taking way more time than we thought to see the results, and it takes a lot out of us to keep going. The tasks are too long or demanding. Another thing with working memory is numbers. So if you weren't good with that when you were a kid and maybe it's still present today, know that it has something to do with working memory. I sure remember the difficulties I had learning multiplication tables in elementary school. Everything changed the day the neighbor that took care of me after school had this really, really cool idea. She would have me memorize the tables using cards that we had in class, or maybe we made them, I can't remember. But what I do remember is that they were orange, the numbers to multiplies were on one side, and the answer on the other side. After a while, and thanks to me having a photographic memory, my grades improved considerably. 
in high school. Doing mental calculations and learning algebra was a huge hassle. Learning history was also hard because I could remember dates such as the year Jacques Cartier discovered Canada. Then again, like math, history wasn't one of my favorite topics. So imagine what happened when, at my first semester in the journalism program I did in Calgary, the struggle remained the same in the course of media history. As if knowing the year the alphabet and the first press had been invented and by whom would serve me in any way when I would be on the field. And let's push this a little further, because when you're not good with numbers, how is it possible to be good at managing your finances? So I strongly suspect that working memory has something to do with money management. In episode 5, how ADHD interferes with managing money, you'll get a better understanding of that aspect of ADHD and tips to match your brain style to make it easier. Here are other ways to know that your working memory is underperforming. It is actually if you tend to forget what needs to be done, not know how or forget to divide a task into subtasks, not pay attention or not pay more attention to details, have difficulty planning and structure things in a sequence, read the same paragraph in a book several times because you forgot what you just read, and not understanding a sentence in a conversation or meeting. Working memory performance will improve by increasing your ability to focus your attention and ignore distractions. Now I can hear you say, yeah, but that's exactly what the challenge is for us with ADHD. True, but there are a lot of workarounds to have better focus and block distractions. You know, sometimes my work desk gets pretty messy. The surface just gets clutter with a mug, a bowl of salad because I am eating while working, my phone, a pile or two of papers, a bag of nuts to feed my brain when I begin to lose concentration, a bottle of water because I like to stay hydrated. I'm sure you get the picture. Every time, without even noticing it, part of my attention is affected by all those distractions and my focus begins to shatter. As soon as I become aware of it and take a minute to tidy up my desk, the difference when I go back to what I was doing is day and night. My brain speed increases. My ideas come with more clarity and my fingers are even going faster on the keyboard. It works every time. So take a moment to scan your environment and start by decluttering one thing or space. You know, my husband and I eat in the living room 99% of the time, so the kitchen table is always full of everything that doesn't belong on the kitchen table. I know, I know, we're a weird duo. So if I were to start somewhere, it would be there or the counter because it gets a little cluttered too. What's interesting is that people with a higher working memory capacity are better at ignoring distractions. Working memory performance is also increased by high-intensity exercise. So remember that interruptions and distractions shatter working memory. Here are a few other things to help support it. Make lists and prompts. Ask for simple directions and play them back. Ask questions. 
chunk information into smaller pieces. Practice visualizing and ask for templates to follow. And you don't have to feel bad because you're asking for a guide. I mean, it doesn't mean that you're not intelligent. It doesn't mean that you're not competent. It's going to save you so much time and energy. And it's also going to be amazing to, you know, stay away from mental fatigue. The last one is involve as many senses as you can. Reducing the intrusion of negative thoughts increases the capacity of the working memory. So speak positively to yourself. Paying attention to the words you use to talk about your difficulties is a must. The more the emphasis is on, it's hard, it's complicated, I'm not capable of, I can't seem to, I'm not good at, the more you say it, the more your brain will do exactly that because it is executing the command you are giving it. At the end, it becomes your reality, which, in turn, forge your identity. You become the person for whom it's difficult, complicated, and who is incapable, who can't, and is it good at. Let's say that you keep saying that you're not good at managing money. Well, it's going to be very difficult to create a different reality Unless you know what money language you're talking, that can help and you find that out with your money archetypes. I sincerely hope you found great value in this episode and that you will make time to pay attention to what may be overloading your working memory. If you'd like to suggest a topic idea or have questions about ADHD that I could answer in an upcoming episode, I've dropped my email in the show notes. I so appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you. If this episode resonated with you, let me know what valuable insight you're taking away and how you can implement it right now. Don't hesitate to leave a review on your favorite platform and share on social media. Until next time on Phenomenally ADHD, own your genius because you rock just the way you are.